What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Shoot the Dough podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. the show i mean shoot the dough with aaron and danae streaming on mixler every tuesday at noon central or available to download later on your podcast feed unless of course you're a patron patrons get perks time for the show to begin so let's listen in live from a bunker in the heart of the ozarks here's aaron and danae Oh, it's very nice. I didn't know Tassie was making an appearance this episode. <laughs> well, she's still in my brain somewhere. How you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, it's been another week. So here comes another shoe the dough. This particular week has been filled with AT&T visits, and I'm oh, very frustrated with Danae. It's been hard. Do you need to vent? Do you want to talk about it? Well, here's the thing. I'm trying to solve the problem right now. I don't want to make it worse by turning everyone against, you know, AT&T and being mean about it. How would that make it but worse? It can't get worse. I've been bamboozled. <laughs> is that the right word? I think that is exactly the right word. I've been bamboozled. I know that feeling. I've had it happen to me at cell carrier stores before. We try to figure out like what to, what not to say. Oh, you don't want but to say in, in like... I, I'm just trying not to get mad about it, but we switched from Verizon to AT&T had to pay off, you know, all of our phones and stuff that was on with Verizon. We had two phones and an iPad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pay all that off to switch over to AT&T to get a better deal. They did not tell me that my Verizon phone would not be compatible with the AT&T network. That's not okay. So now my phone, which has been amazing for years. And you don't want to get rid of. And I've, I just paid it off. I don't want to get a new phone. I don't need a new phone. I have to have a new phone to stay with AT&T. Or have to figure out how they can cancel. And this all just happened on Saturday. Yeah, it's very fresh. So, so I know like it's, it's last, hard to talk about. So but. every single day since Friday was when we were doing research. Saturday we switched over. Sunday went back in telling about the problem. And then yesterday I went in. Spent another two hours there. It's crazy. And then I have to go back in today. So wow. it's like it's not done yet. It's a five-day process. Ugh. And who knows if it'll be done today. I know. Oh, that's rough. It is rough. It is very Here's difficult. Here's what it boils down to for me. And I'll just I'll just say it, even if you don't want to. I I am sick of the slick sales tactics of not giving information that you know would hurt the sale, because as long as you can get that sale, then you can deal with it later. You know, and once I don't they've wanna, got you locked in, I don't want to believe that that's what happened. But it's happened so many times. But every single person that I've talked to about my circumstances since then, and it's been quite a few conversations mm-hmm. that works at AT and T, are all shocked that I wasn't informed. But you know what? None of them are doubting me. No. None of them have said, oh, well, we all are required to tell you that. It's like, oh, Oh, we're so sorry that didn't happen. So I think... I had the same thing happen with a tablet, a quote unquote free tablet that they wanted to give me. I remember you had to go through this. And I asked them questions about, okay, so when you say free, do you also mean no monthly charge, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then once I got the sale and I got the bill, it was like, oh, no, it's on your... Your contract now, you can't get rid of it. And, we're, and, and you have to pay for and it. And I have to pay for it to have it on the contract. And, and I'm like, yeah, and you have to fight tooth and nail. That's and why this- I ask you. I got that the hardware was free. <laughs> I understand that. But I wanted to make sure I wasn't paying anything every month for it either. And that was Yeah, ugh, that, that was that's really what's hard for me is the solution is that I have to have an AT&T phone. Because my Verizon phone, doesn't matter if it's, you know, 
Like it's it's totally well, they have different fine. Different antennas. They have different antennas yeah. in them. They're built differently. So my phone is built for Verizon towers. So it's just like oh, it's just a huge process, and I don't like talking about it for too long because it's just like well, what are you going to do about it? It feels like first world problem, right? It feels like that's you know, exactly what I told the guy. Yeah, I have a house. I have running water. I own my own car. Like I mean, right, yeah. There are huge problems in the world, and I'm like, my phone doesn't work very well. You know, <laughs> so I feel weird about complaining about it, but at the same time, I wasn't given a choice. That's what it is. It's see, that's the thing. It's not just that it's not working well. It's that somebody lied to you or deceived you. To get you to make a decision that you wouldn't have made otherwise. Ugh. That's not first world problems. That's bad business. That's just rude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so hopefully I'll get that solved. Hopefully by the time you so listen to this podcast, I, I have so figured too. out what needs to be done. Well, you ready to shoe a dough? Let's do the show. Well, we're going to shoe the dough. We're going to do the show. We're going to do both. Shoe That's the dough. absolutely right. We're going style. to, uh, what is this, like episode 137? It is. Can you believe that? No. Lots of them happening. We're going to peruse the news a little bit. Uh, we'll do some notes from this morning's radio show. We're going to have a good time all along the way. Uh, but first, let's start with... No, today, no, no, you cannot shirk your responsibility. And now, as we look around and gaze at the events happening around us, we see news. So we shall peruse the news. Take that. Mr. Gargamel. Ghost pepper puts hole in man's esophagus. What? Guys, don't eat ghost peppers. It's one of the world's hottest uh, pepper. It has a Scottsville, Scoville rating of more than a million. I don't even know what that is. I don't either, but it sounds super important. There's this there's this culture, right, of like, dare like daring each dare other eating? to eat hot things it can't taste good there can't be someone on this planet who's like mmm the taste of the ghost pepper is worth the pain that it's causing there's me. a reason that it tastes that way it's not meant to be consumed right right so this guy is 47 years old he ate a burger topped with ghost pepper puree as part of an eating contest oh he so and then of course he vomited a whole lot and it caused him to tear his esophagus. That's crazy. So he has to go through a lot of, you know, medical stuff now just for eating this ghost pepper puree. He spent twenty three days in the hospital recovering from this incident. Is the ghost pepper the hottest pepper in the world, or is there another one? I feel um, like there's another one. There's a quick Google search reveals the Carolina Reaper maybe is the hottest pepper in the world. I don't think the ghost pepper is the hottest one, but wow! Again, a Scoville rating of more than a million. <laughs> we don't know what that means. I have no idea what that means, but I'm going to click on the world's hottest peppers here. Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna tell you what peppers to avoid. All of the uh, peppers. Number one, this don't is, eat peppers. This is updated for 2016. Okay, so this is very recent. The Carolina Reaper is the new. Uh, the new reigning champion of hottest peppers. This has the Scoville heat unit, or an SHU, is a measure of spiciness, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. It ranks a 2.2 million SHU. So the ghost pepper was over a million. This is over 2 million. It's almost twice as spicy. So you know that there's going to be another YouTube challenge out there. Oh, please no. Just be careful. Be careful, people. This says, oddly enough, this pepper doesn't just have heat. But excellent flavor as well. <laughs> How can you taste it if your mouth is on fire? I have no idea. Uh, Trinidad Maruga Scorpion, uh, <laughs> Seven seven Pot Dougla, 
at 1.8 million. Uh, let's see, the Seven Pot Primo. Are these all peppers? Yeah, these are all peppers oh, okay. at 1.4 million. Uh, let's see, Trinidad Scorpion Butch Tea, quote unquote Butch Tea Pepper. Is that doesn't 1. even 4. sound like a pepper. It sounds like a scorpion. The Naga Viper. Because of the title. Is uh, 1.3. That sounds one looks like pretty at least. The Ghost Pepper is at number seven, just over 1 million. So there are six peppers even hotter than the Ghost Pepper. <sighs> I don't do well with super hot food. I've just now acquired an, an enjoyment for buffalo wild wing <laughs> sauce. I can't even do that. Which I don't even know what that is on that spectrum. I can't even do most salsas. Like, I'm the worst. I like mild salsa. Like, this onion is too spicy. <laughs> don't ever eat that pepper then, Aaron. I will not. The next one says, man spends four hours trapped in chimney after locking himself out. Another thing not to do. Don't go through the chimney. I'm guessing he was trying to get in. Yeah, he became stuck in his chimney for four hours on Sunday because he tried to shimmy down the tube into his own home. Why? A neighbor heard him yelling for help, called the fire department. By the time help arrived, he had managed to get far enough down to touch the floor, but the exit was too narrow for him to escape. There's a photo of him being pulled back up to the top, which is the only way that they could they couldn't get, get him through him the out. yeah. And he is like covered in soot. Oh, like he is totally that man, totally covered in soot. Looks like That's a some bad sort day. of that is a bad day. Yeah, that is a skinny man too. Yeah. But you still, chimneys are not they meant aren't to built be for shimmied. human transportation. No. Despite what the Christmas stories tell you. Yeah, don't believe. Like Santa, he doesn't use that. Is that is not a way in or out of your home unless you're a raccoon. Thank goodness the And you're going into Denise's calling... house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a family of raccoons uh, can find their way into your home that way. I'm really, really glad that he was heard from inside the chimney. Oh, heard. I thought you said hurt. No. I was oh, trying to no. figure out when you got. Got all mean. I mean, no, you know, like he was in there for four hours, but can you imagine if nobody was around? Does he live alone? Because he would, because he would have died there. <laughs> like somebody would have had to call him. Like I'm missing this guy. Like you know, he was supposed unless, to show up at work today. And... Unless God, you know, brought in some manna and stuff for him. That's how it happens. Have some crows drop some bread. Happened one I've heard, time. I've heard that happens. The next one I have is a really nice story. Um, this is a mother who. Um, well, the title of it says, can you make him lunch? Boy asks his mom to feed classmate that he noticed was barely eating. So the little boy, uh, her son, Dylan, asked for extra lunch. And so she says, well, are you not getting enough? And as it turned out, he was he was eating fine. But one of his classmates was eating alone every day. He wasn't eating well. So Dylan said, it's for this boy. He only eats a fruit cup for lunch. Can you make him lunch too? Aww. I don't think he has lunch money. So... Um, I think this is a really great story and that's sweet. there's a lot of children who don't eat well and there's supposed to be like lunch programs and things like that where they can mm-hmm. apply. And sometimes there's not even lunch programs that can really help in certain circumstances. So I just think that it's really cool that this family kind of took it. Yeah, I'll make two sandwiches a day and they kind of got into their own budget. I have a story actually similar to that. One of my boys, we would get, we get phone calls from our boys school. Like whenever they need to get us information, like if it's closed or whatever, we'll get a phone call. It's like an automated robot, you know, kind of thing. And so we got a call that our lunch, uh, that our son had charged, you know, up like twenty dollars extra Uh-oh. on his lunch account. What did you think and it was initially? No, like I just thought he was extra getting, snacks. Yeah, or something? I just thought he was getting a cookie every day. And this is over the course of like a month or something, you know, what right. I mean? like it happens monthly where they check in. 
And so I kind of laid into him a little bit, just, you know, parenting, laying into him, just saying, you cannot do this. You know, we, we have, you know, a certain a month in our budget that we, you know, have for food and we just don't have 20 extra bucks to, you know, send so you can have cookies or whatever. And he looked at me and he was like, well, there was this kid who wasn't eating and I felt Aww. like I needed to get him something. And so they let me charge it to my thing. And I didn't, he didn't realize also that like it was where the money came from, where the money came from that, you know, he's just figuring out he was you much younger at that time. Credit card. Like, uh, well, he's yeah. Like, okay, he, okay. we will. Like, we'll we'll he'll figure that stuff out. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but but at the heart of it, he was just like you know, he was, I, he I wanted was to make sure this kid was eating, using his resources. Yeah, and that's what this kid did. And what's interesting about this story is it's definitely picked up attention. The mother was um, had lost her job, so that was part of why she wasn't able to provide as much. She found out that her son was getting food, and she had got a job, so she tried to contact. You know, this this lady mm-hmm. and say, can I pay you back? She's like, no, don't worry about it, which is awesome. And then the I think it's like the volleyball team at the school or a sports team at the school. They found out what was going on. Hmm. So they raised four hundred dollars to pay the mom back for the meals. And she instead took that money and went to the lunch cafeteria and paid off other kids. Lunch oh, that's debt. great. It's a great way to do it. Yeah. So I just think that's kind of a neat thing. You know, there there is a need in school communities. And so this is just kind of a neat thing that happened. So I, I wanted to highlight that story it's today. Hard, it's hard to ask for help, isn't it? When you're going through it something is. like that, it is it is difficult to ask for help because you don't want to be associated with, you know, somebody who always has their hand out or a moocher or something like that. But there are legitimate times in your life where it's okay. Ask for help. If I and see read, what the avenues are, you know? If I read the story correctly, the mom who was making the extra meals there for a little while at one point was homeless herself with her son and didn't, mm. you know, she needed help too. Oh, that, that's so a cool part of the story So it was another way too, for her to give back. It's just a really great community story. Oh, so, very cool. Well done, everyone. And then lastly for today, I thought we would talk about the Shark Tank. <laughs> Not the show. Not the TV show. Well, I was surprised. If you don't know what we're talking about, there's a video that was all over my feeds, and I knew it was going to hit Danae's feeds, even though she hates sharks, and anytime she sees them, she gets really scared. Not just like, oh, I can't look at that, like trembling, sweating, scared when you see pictures of sharks or videos of sharks. What's called a visceral reaction. (laughs) That's exactly what you have. And uh, and I knew you were going to see this. I was surprised, though, that you didn't just look away. You actually watched the whole video. It's the video of the shark that gets in... The shark cage. The sh- shark-proof cage. The shark-proof cage, and then has to get out of that cage, and so it wriggles through and... Let me tell you, and maybe I didn't explain this to you very well. Okay. I couldn't move. Oh. I was terrorized. Were, oh, it wasn't that you chose anything. It was like a like a moment where you really can't look away. Like, I was just totally right. in shock, because this video starts off where you see the shark jump out of the water and then onto the top of the shark tank mm-hmm. cage. Yeah. That I don't know. I don't know how I don't. And I can't watch it again. Once is enough. Oh, maybe you don't know what happened then. I don't understand how it got into the tank. Okay. So you see at the beginning of the video, you can see under the water. I missed this part. That it rams the cage underneath and goes in through the bars. <gasps> under, the so it breaks, yeah. It breaks the bars. The part that's supposed to be unbreakable, like, and what they said was there were there was food that they were... Of course. They, they were tempting the sharks so, so they could see so them. So that they could see them, right? This is, this is just as bad <laughs> as the ghost pepper. 
is going into the water and chumming the water to get sharks to come towards you. The next thing is to to dive in a shark cage uh, near sharks and eat a ghost pepper at the same time. That's like the ultimate. So this video... We, we call it ghost sharking. Is a, it's, somebody is videoing it from the observation deck of this yes. boat. Yes. And we haven't all... said the one thing that's incredible about this yet. Which is there's a diver in that cage the entire time. The entire time. And there is this massive shark thrashing around. Inside this tiny little inside cage Inside this tiny cage. And then suddenly it jumps up and out. Up and out, yeah. Which is great. And then like a minute later, seems like a long while, the diver comes out. Well, yeah. You thought you were in shock and couldn't move. <laughs> Poor diver. Can you imagine? I've just never seen anything like that before. So let, let me finish telling you how the shark got in. Also, the shark was bleeding. Yes. He well, coming through those, I mean, coming so through a shark proof cage. That made me feel bad. I was like, oh, Aww. the shark is wounded. Like, Did that, does bleeding. that change things for you then? Are you like able to empathize with these creatures? And does that make it easier for you to interact with seeing them? I don't know. I have to think about that. Ooh. Maybe that Probably was what. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Today, Probably I think not. In your brain, what happened just now? Was you were like, okay, how do we test it? Oh, we're not testing this. Okay, I'm not better. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not better. I, guess I feel queasy a little bit. Um, but just to finish the one thought. Sorry. The food that they put in front of them, when they dive for that food, their eyes close, everything. And so it wasn't like he was trying to get into the cage. He was trying to eat the food. He was trying to eat the food, and the force of him lunging at that food pushed him through the bars and into the cage. So that's what happened. I cannot imagine being that diver. I just, I can't, like you would feel so lucky to be alive, right? That's the only reason to watch the video is to know that the diver is okay. Yeah. This is not a video that has a bad ending, except for that the shark is wounded. He's bleeding. Yeah, he'll be fine. Sharks heal really easy. Okay. Yeah, sharks have like. I didn't like that. Well, because think of the bites that sharks sharks withstand. No, no, no. They heal from that we're stuff. Good. So we don't, <laughs> don't have to think about anything else. Things, things biting. I think we're good. I think <laughs> we're right, good. Fair enough. Should we talk about the live show? Yeah, let's talk about the live show. We finally have a Facebook post out there. So if you're on Facebook, you can search for our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is based on our names. So it's Aaron and Danae is where you can go. Facebook.com slash Aaron and Danae. And you'll see the link there. We are doing another live show. It's on November 4th in Springfield, Missouri at the Classic Rock Coffee. I always want to say it's a cafe. Classic Rock Coffee Cafe? It's Classic Rock Coffee. Um, which is a great place for coffee if you've never been. Yeah. They have been so generous to us. Uh, last year we had a really great time, so we're going to go back this year. We have another round of sponsors, including Inner Images Photography, giving away uh, a cool photography session. Mm-hmm. And Band is going to be doing giveaways again this year. Like last year there were selfie sticks and like, shirts, and everyone kind of went away with a prize. It was really fun. So we're hoping to kind of be able to do the same thing. Um, and if you do a Google search for Matt Moore Music, uh, he's going to be the musical guest, and he does a great job. They're a lot of fun live, so it's going to be fun musical stuff there, too. Doors open at 6 o'clock. If you're a patron supporter at patreon.com slash studio DNA, then you get in for free. Otherwise, it's 5 bucks at the door. If you bring a group of friends, it's 3 bucks at the door. For groups so, of five or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so come us have a good time. We're really looking forward to doing another live show. We do plan on doing uh, Facebook Live 
uh, either off and on or sometimes just so that you can kind of like if you're not living in the area mm-hmm. and you can't travel to Springfield, you can still pop in. And we have a huge announcement that we're going to be making. Oh, yeah. And we're really excited to share this stuff with you guys. But we're going to announce it that night first. The official announcement. The official announcement. So hopefully you guys can fun. tune in for that. All right, moving on to some further conversation on stuff we did on the radio show this morning. So we have a syndicated radio show that goes out to stations across the country, and it's between music, so we only get to talk for, you know, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, two minutes maybe at the most. But some of the stuff just, you know, we want to talk a little bit more. So the podcast kind of gives us an opportunity to do that. Yeah. And sometimes the longer conversations, super fun for us, but also there's things we can't talk about on the radio mm-hmm. that we feel like we can talk about on the podcast. So it's a perfect Oh, do you want to start with one of those? Well, there was one that happened. Um, <laughs> how do we even get into it, though? I Well, if is are you talking about um, getting prepared halfway? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I only shaved one leg. That's, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it to you. Right, it's a little awkward for the you know like the radio thing, but but tell the story. So what happened? So I was getting ready and I was you know in the shower doing my thing, and I grab my razor and I start shaving one leg, and I'm like, I don't have time to shave my legs today. What am I doing? And so I just just stopped. I just at one. stopped at one leg. So like right now, I have one smooth leg and, and one, one sasquatch. One sasquatch leg. <laughs> But I can't share that on the radio because it's way too much information for sure, most audiences sure. to really appreciate. I just think you should have worn a dress or something. <laughs> no. Like, I think that would have been the ultimate, like... No. I actually had a dream last night, even about it, where, uh-huh. like, in the dream, my right leg was glistening in the sun and had all this hair all over it, and so I covered it with my shaved leg. <laughs> so this is in my conscience. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, I think I'll just have to shave half my face. You know, yeah, just in, just in solidarity, half shave, salad, solidarity, solidarity, solidarity as well. Mm. That's what happens when you feel at one with your salad. It's solidarity. Feel at one with the lettuce. <laughs> it is our solidarity. So that's an example of stories that can kind of happen. Did you where... shave? Uh, did you shave both armpits? Nope. <laughs> but thanks for asking. You're welcome. <laughs> What else did we talk about on the show this morning? So we talked about a new invention. I feel like that was made for me. Um, it's called the taste buddy. Now, if you're a fan of the podcast, you know, I'm a super taster, which means I have twice as many taste buds as the normal person. Apparently there's a new invention that will change the way you taste things. So it, what it does is, I love how excited you are about this. I I know where this is going because we talked about it this morning. There is a literally shocking turn here in a moment, (laughs) but you get so excited because being a super taster is not always awesome. Well, I want to eat healthier, right? You I would eat. love to eat spinach and broccoli in But you can't veg- it. you know other vegetables, but they're just too bitter for me. I can't I can't stand them. So the headline of this article was broccoli can taste like chocolate. And I'm going, my world has been opened. I am saved. So why don't you explain then though how how this machine works because I would think this is an invention mm-hmm. in its early stages. Changes tastes. I'm thinking about the magic super pill or whatever that's made from right. that fruit, where yeah, yeah, just, yeah. you coat your tongue and then right. you can eat foods. But that doesn't change the flavor necessarily. No, no, no. This is a processor that is connected to an electrode <laughs> that you place on your tongue. Like it look looks like maybe like a, a, a clamp, clo- like a clothespin or something. You clamp your tongue. You clamp your tongue. 
and you send an electric volt through oh, so your it's mouth. It's not just electricity and heat. <laughs> There's heat and electricity that are used somehow. I feel like... But it makes broccoli taste like chocolate. It's got to be worth it. Or you never taste again. You never... You that's what it is? it's just going to burn your tongue off. No. They've got to... They've, you know... They've got to be testing it. You know, super tasting is awkward and uncomfortable when the person is willing to attach <laughs> this device to your tongue. Well, it's early stages. Who knows what it'll be like a year like, from now? It's like, like <laughs> this kind of now. Like, like, okay, now I'm going to taste broccoli. It tastes like burning. I don't understand what happened. <laughs> All my tastes food like, tastes like burnt toast. What's going like on? Burnt flesh. What's happening? Oh. <laughs> uh. I just think it would be beautiful. Didn't you understand? I mean, like, that would be beautiful I for me. I understand it would be good Like, if, if they somehow advance it to where you just, you put, like, some sort of sheath, you know, like, uh, over your tongue. A tongue does... condom? <laughs> That's the better answer, Aaron. Why don't you just take a tongue sheath, we'll call it, uh-huh. for comfort purposes, uh-huh. and you just coat, like, chocolate. On the inside? On the inside. Stick it on your tongue. And eat broccoli. Problem solved. Everything tastes like chocolate. You can completely avoid the entire electric (laughs) part and burning part. Also, it tastes like latex for some reason. (laughs) I don't understand. It's chocolate and latex. It's chatex. Ew. We quickly transitioned after that uh, on the radio to talk about um, a list of things that we're not supposed to be eating. This is kind of a funny transition actually because we're talking about wanting to eat healthier Uh and people who um are healthy avoid specific foods there was a list that came out like a group of like a hundred nutritionists all got together and they did a study on the foods that you should never ever eat because they're that unhealthy and they had like a list of five and you gave me that list hot dogs was on that list which i said i do eat uh, diet soda was Which, on that list. That's the one. That's the only one that I of don't, the five. That was the, the only one that I don't. I don't partake. Um, I think uh, pastries. It was processed pastries. Processed pastries. Yeah, My like, example was, was toaster strudels, <laughs> which a, I do that's eat. A good example. So. Uh, so just stuff like that. And then I like the one where you're like the electric colored. Oh, fluorescent anything, anything fluorescent? fluorescent orange. That was the fifth one. I was like, that's not a food. That's a color. But. Fluorescent orange is like nacho cheese. Right. Which I eat also. Or, or like fruit snacks that are fluorescent orange, like anything, um, uh, like um, like orange tr- drink. Orange drink. Yeah, like Sunny sunny Delight or whatever. Not good. Yeah. Not good for you. Sunny D. You're not supposed, to, not supposed to drink or eat it. So we all had to kind of confess. We talked about soda being something that we've given up in the past mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. That was based on a speech I did in, co- you in convinced college. convinced yourself. I convinced myself in a persuasive speech not to drink soda. And uh, and now I don't. Yeah. Great, uh, uh, great observation by someone in the chat. And now your husband sells processed pastries. <laughs> My husband works for Little Debbie. His job is to sell cake. <laughs> processed cake. Did you think about the uh, the conflict of interest when talking about that article I on the radio it. and the I fact that it. you're like directly harming your your husband's business? But I don't know. I I feel like I feel like little Debbies are okay. You can't you can't see Danae right now, but she's all of a sudden getting really serious. She's like, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine, it's okay. But we'll we'll just, we'll just make that exception. Yeah, it's yeah. the exception to that's the not, rule. Yeah, that's not what it's talking about. Yeah, it's also not talking about Dr Pepper when it's talking about soda. No, because that's obviously great or root beer. Yeah, root beer or is cream my soda. Those things cream are soda. yeah, totally those fine. are those are completely healthy. Hot dogs also fine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever eat the hot dogs with the cheese in them? 
like that they have the cheese the made double in, bad the, <laughs> i would dip them in diet the soda. fluorescent orange cheese that yeah. was in stuff with fluorescent orange dipped in diet soda <laughs> there you go mm. that is a beautiful buffet wrapped in a pastry uh i also uh like the salon story you told on the show this morning you got your haircut recently, and what happened to you just slayed me. You posted about it on Facebook, too. I did post about this on Facebook. I went to a salon, and I overheard a woman say that she would literally kill for curls. <laughs> and I understand that there are some statements that people make mm-hmm. that, that it's just like a mindless statement. Right. But there's two that I kind of have a little pet peeve about. Yeah. When people misuse literally, right, as an emphasis, mm-hmm. you know, instead, I'm, I'm like, it, it just kind of like all I can think about is what they're saying is not a literal thing, right? And so I get distracted and stop listening to them. But anyway, the other one is when people say that they'll kill for something because uh-huh. I just think that's extreme. <laughs> you think there's other ways to say I would really like to have curls? You know what's true? What's I would pay money for curls, right? I feel like it's true that people don't do that a lot anymore. I feel like that was a saying that was really popular when i was growing up oh i would kill for that or kill for this it's i don't just, think people do it a lot anymore i think i it, haven't heard it in a while yeah. and it was a little jarring but when she says i would kill for curls and i look over at her and then she says literally kill <laughs> as you're looking at her as i'm looking at her, <laughs> she's and, staring and you in she, the eyes she turns and looks at me and then i'm i'm legitimately going i can't help but think literally kill mm-hmm. and then i'm having this whole scenario in my mind about how i'm having to defend myself and it's some sort of like salon fight and i grab mm-hmm. a you know, straightener and we go to battle. <laughs> well, you don't have curly hair. But it doesn't matter. How would she, why would she kill you for curls? According to her, she would sacrifice something that's alive oh, it's not, it's in not order she, to have curls. Okay, I get it now. I get it now. It's human sacrifice. <laughs> that's what I'm assuming. Okay, I thought it was like she would take their hair. <laughs> like she would kill them and take their hair. Oh, like, that's you know, creepy. Like how you like... You, that is creepy. You know, eat the heart of your enemy to gain their power or something, you know, so... I like how in the chat someone said, I would punch my grandma on the face for little Debbie. <laughs> it's like that, right? right like, there's just right. certain things you just don't need to say that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, th- I'm I, trying to decide which is more egregious, the literally or the kill for something. Like, which is worse to you? I think the kill for something is, is bo- it bothers me more because the misuse of the word literally is annoying mm-hmm. and maybe like... An, uh, just a misunderstanding of how that word is yeah is supposed to be applied right which i guess has recently also there's another version in the dictionary about how to use literally literally has changed its meaning now which enough people are using it literally the wrong bothers way. me <laughs> <laughs> but i think the kill thing is is more bothersome because i feel like if you your your words have power you know and when you're taught, when you're saying those things and you're just like flippantly saying you're not connected to it at all. I, I feel like if she really I wanted to go have a genuine heart to heart conversation in that moment. It's not my place. So I didn't. But you know, just be like, could you think about your words? I wouldn't have even brought up the literally thing because I think it would have mm-hmm. been distracting. I would have just I saw myself. Well, first of all, battling her, but then also <laughs> having <laughs> a heart was to over. heart, you know, just, after you'd restrained her with your martial arts knowledge, your words mean something. And when you say that, it, I, it can be, I don't know. I really, you know, I'm on board me, you know, I'm on board in our exclusive pre-show. Uh, we were talking about the difference between an alligator and a crocodile. Like I, words yeah. matter to me. Like I, there was something else recently that I distinguished. Um, you do that all the time. Yeah, I do. 
I do. So it's a regular thing that you do. I just words are words for a reason, and so I, I feel like they're best used. It's the only way to keep clear communication, right? If okay. we all understand what words mean. But here's a perfect uh, transition. Okay. So something else we talked about on the show was that I misinterpreted a headline um, because of the the headline was perfect. This 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 is yeah. Okay, so it was. I'm looking for it because I. I want to make sure I read it exactly. Caterpillar CEO to retire next year. <laughs> so that's a pretty clear communication. And yet I interpret it as a literal caterpillar, little guys with all the little legs, you know, so being a CEO of something. And I was and I was thinking that they were calling maybe a group of caterpillars and there was a leader and they called it a CEO. And wait, why are we saying that a caterpillar is retiring completely missing for a good 30, 45 seconds? But there's a company called Caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about that on the show. I kind of told on myself I a little really, bit. It, it's hard for me to to believe that like 30 seconds went by of you actually thinking that a Caterpillar was running a company. No, no, no. I thought that Caterpillars, you know how there's like a pod of dolphins? Uh-huh. I thought that maybe Caterpillars in a group were called something business-like and they called the leader a CEO. <laughs> But I was, I was, I didn't know that. I didn't get that from the show this morning. <laughs> That's what was happening in my mind. And then it flipped into, oh, Caterpillar is a company. What was it, So a company. So like a company of Caterpillars would be led by a CEO. Right. Oh, wow. But there really is, there's a. What do you call a group of Caterpillars? <laughs> oh, we call them an LLC. Yeah. <laughs> we call them a corporation. We call them a corporation. There's and a corporation the leader, of Caterpillars over there. The leader is clearly defined by the Caterpillar that's wearing the, the suit jacket or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. In my mind, you thought that some company had elected a Caterpillar as CEO. Like that at their business meetings, <laughs> little Caterpillar was looked up to. Kind of like Toys R Us elected an eight-year-old to be the a VP little or whatever. But yes, but yes, the same idea. Yeah, that happened. That makes much like, that makes much more sense that you could live in that world for about thirty minutes where you're trying to figure out how if it's you know what the wording is, that kind of thing. I do like telling on myself from time to time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's nice for people to know that I have a faulty brain. Yeah. It's funny. I think we all have faulty brains. They're called human brains. I have a human brain, okay. <laughs> what else was on the show this morning? Um, other things we talked about was the miracle dog. We talked about. Um, oh, let's talk about the. Yeah, let's talk about the miracle. That was real really quick. interesting. So here's the story. And you can look this up. There's a girl, four years old. She has type one diabetes, just like my oldest son does. So this stuff always kind of hits hits home for me. Anytime there's a story about anything to do with diabetes, it's something that's we, natural, we right? Try to talk about. Yeah, like I mean, it, it hits my home. So you know, I'm more aware of it. That kind of stuff. But if you know anything about that, there's a lot of there's a lot you have to do to track your blood sugar. You have to test and know if you're high or low. You don't want to be too high. You don't want to be too low. So there's a lot of things. Well, dogs can be trained to sniff out high and low blood sugar. There's and also a- seizures and all kinds of things. Sure. But there's a scent that you give off when your blood when sugar you're is high. I guess. Yeah, when your blood sugar is high and when your blood sugar is low. And the dog knows the difference, by the way. Wow. The dog knows when you're high, the smell for when you're high, and the dog knows the smell for when you're low. In fact, this dog was trained to uh, paw at the left hand if they were low, into nuzzle his nose at the right hand if they were high. So there's a different indication in two ways. And so that they way, know for sure. The people who are caretaking caretakers of this young child who also has Down syndrome, by the way, um, I don't know if that's important or not, but just more about well, her story. I was going to mention that because I do think it is important because this is somebody who has even a more difficult time 
indicating for herself what's going on right. with her body. She can't communicate the same way. Right. So this dog really helps to do that. So I think that's fascinating. And dogs do this for all kinds of people um, mentioned in the chat are, you know, cancer tumors and things like that. Right. Too. So what's amazing about this story in particular is this girl went off to preschool one day and I think it was the mom was hanging out at home. The dog was there or whatever. And the dog came to her and started giving her a high, uh, high blood sugar indication for the child now the the child is five five miles miles away away. and the dog is saying to this mom the child's blood sugar is high and of course the mom is like what like you can't there's no yeah there's no what are you doing dog glitch i I would be thinking am i high like am i giving off that scent maybe reset dog am i (laughs) push the button pull the tail reset dog (laughs) i should say uh, do i have high blood sugar not am i high just to make that am i high why is this dog talking to me (laughs) have i taken drugs i can taste purple um so i I would be i would be wondering if it was me but she called the teacher of the girl in the preschool and said hey would you just do me a favor would you you know test her check her test her blood sugar and see what's going on and she was high and needed to be brought down and it it just like how does that totally blew our minds and that's the fun part is you know we want to lose our minds on the radio (laughs) right and really process this stuff but people don't want to listen to that. You know, they want to get back to the music. But I felt like when we talked about this on the show, we could have lost it for like five <laughs> minutes. We could have gone on and on and on because how does this, how is this even possible? So We're scientifically, a dog through walls five miles away into a preschool building, mm-hmm. you know, brick mortar, all that stuff. He has to have been, con- there's got to so be I have a, a few thoughts. connection. I have a few thoughts. The wind pattern, maybe? <laughs> no. Well, scientifically, it's uh, two miles is the record that a dog has ever identified a smell correctly uh, that's been proven. So there is record of them smelling long distances, but that's more than twice what's ever been recorded in five miles. I don't think the dog was smelling her blood sugar from that far away. So I'm left either believing... Uh, you don't think that the dog... But how did that happen then? I, I, I'm left thinking either supernatural... You know, that there was some... I suggested angel intervention of some some kind. Yeah, Yeah. something like that that we don't understand or that exists outside of our understanding of what what the natural is. Or the other thing I wondered is if she was high before she left for school and the dog had been trying to give signal. Like, how soon was this after she had left? You know, was there some sort of scent in the air already? Or a pattern that had already been established. Something. Something like that. But I don't think the dog is trained for a pattern. I don't think that would be... Helpful. The dog would have to be trained to identify exactly. So I, I don't know, but you hear stories about dogs who, you know, are taken hundreds and hundreds of miles away and track themselves back home. That's true. So there is some other sense. So I guess it doesn't even have to be supernatural. Or their family moves away Mm -hmm. and they go find them in a totally new city. Right. So they don't even have any awareness. They're only going off of how horrible we smell in dog world. Or amazing. We you must don't know that smell it's horrible. Crazy. We must. We smell amazing. Dogs love us. I, for one, am thankful I don't have a dog's nose <laughs> because I don't. I don't know if I want to smell all that. It's got to be fascinating. Can you imagine all the different smells we give off? I wonder if they read it as a combination of smells. Like you know how we see color as a combination of like colors, a taste or something like. Oh, it's a cake. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they smell, they're like, "Oh, that's Danae." It's not that. Oh, that's Danae's armpits. That's Danae's. You know, whatever else smells. My feet. Yeah. It's they really Danae. smell right now. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that's all right. I'm, I'm not wearing a dog. I'm wearing these shoes that I've I have worn no a idea. lot and 
you know, that's Danae's perfume. Like, I, I don't think it's all, like, separated. No. I bet it's just, like, a combination. Like I said, but like, we see to, colors. It has to have, like, a leave like a chemtrail, you know? Yeah. We walk around. with that, That's how a dog sniff out people who are missing. They mm-hmm. Give them, like, a little piece of cloth, and they just go off and, you know, find them. They find the trail. It's insane. Yeah. Dogs are amazing. Absolutely. So you're right. There could be something else that we don't understand about how dogs operate that's even beyond smell. You know, a connect. You know, some sort of connection, that kind of thing. Uh, the answer is in the chat. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. What is it? The dog alert chain in 101 Dalmatians. I I'm, I don't know that reference. So they. All I mean, go I've out, seen the movie. I just they don't all remember. go out the window and start barking to each other. And oh, they... nice! There's a dog at the school that is communicated uh-huh. back, like in Lord of the Rings, like where they light Lord the, the flyers. <laughs> the beacons of Gondor have been lit. <laughs> The child needs assistance. The beacons of Dongor. What? No. Dognor. <laughs> nope. Let's just, move on. On. Let's just move Moving on. on. Let's just move on. Moving on. Moving <laughs> on. Uh, what was the final thing we talked about? Rude. Uh, finding out, you read an article that suggested that when you go to a friend's house oh, and you ask for their yeah. Wi-Fi password, that that's actually considered rude. Etiquette faux pas. Yeah. You didn't know that. When you visit somebody. I would love to know, if, because neither one of us... Thought that was rude. I I, I always ask people for their Wi-Fi password. I would have never thought that that was rude. Because if you're going to a friend's house, they're your friend. You're just going to just jump in and off of their network. Right. But I guess maybe they polled people and had they, their opinion was strongly that when you go to someone's house and ask for their Wi-Fi password, that it is considered rude. It was one of the top 10 faux pas you can make when visiting someone's house. Also on the list was bringing over a dog unannounced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I get that. Like, I got all the others fairly well. But that one was interesting to me because I do think that bringing over a dog unannounced is rude because you don't, you need to prepare the people for that. But I was like, you know, bringing a kid over, I understand. And then you made the reference that how different is it to bring over a kid and a child? And I I will tell you, that was super awkward on the radio. (laughs) Why is that? Because I don't want to offend people who have small children. But really, it's is it the offensive exact to people same. with dogs? Because they... I was thinking about how dogs drool. They like lick things all. Yeah. They poop on stuff. Yeah. There's you know, safety they have concerns. Accidents. Yeah. They spill things. This is what kids do. Yeah. I didn't want to say that on the radio. I didn't want to The only difference like, is I... kids don't shed. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, you know. They shed clothes, <laughs> they shed true. skin cells. <laughs> That's true as well. They also shed germs. <laughs> they do shed. I think it's just because we know that you can leave your dog at home and you can't leave your child at home. So we give more grace if somebody brings over a child unexpected. Although I do think you should say, especially if you're coming over to hang out. Yeah. Like we came over to your house to hang out. And if we had brought our kids, you'd been like, "Hmm, I don't remember you saying you were bringing your kids. Perhaps I should have made more enchiladas. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So I, I think it's still important to say, but I think it's less likely that if somebody arrives with children that you're like, oh, that's rude. I guess it's like you just don't don't assume i guess if i had kids and i was going over to someone's house i think i don't know what i would do i would assume that they would know i come with a person you know <laughs> right yeah yeah but maybe you are supposed to reference like, i think so i think you should hey, let I'm people know if they're coming over to hang out me. yeah and then but then how awkward would it be like oh okay then never mind don't come over that'd be weird i, it, it, I guess you'd have to be willing to say it would be weird not but it happens. an environment for children yeah. Yeah, it happens. I have open fire pits everywhere. Especially with non-parents. Especially if you're going to a home that doesn't have children. You know what I mean? If you're going to a house that doesn't have kids, I think it's even more important to do that. Yeah. 
I think it's just important to remember, like, if you're coming over with more than just yourself, just be like, hey, can I be my spouse? Hey, can I be my friend? Hey, can I be my dog? Hey, can I have your Wi-Fi password? No, wait, don't do that. <laughs> I, I wonder how many people I've offended by asking for their Wi-Fi password. I, I wonder the same thing because I have, I've never really... It, it doesn't bother me. But I know it. that I make my Wi-Fi password a completely different password than I use for anything else. So I'm wondering uh, if it's that, like if it's... Like a guest password? Yeah. Like my mom has two. She's got her work and then she's got a guest password mm-hmm. and she's always just offered it to people. Yeah. I think that's what I think it's just it's a password. And so people come over to our house, they always ask, you know, it's, and I, I've never been offended by somebody asking. I know I think it's about, weird, but we, now I'm going to think about it. We've had groups of friends come over and Justin, my husband, actually really enjoys telling people the password. Well, yeah, he specifically made it, has it to do with his football team. All caps, go pack, go. <laughs> and he loves to tell people that. So they have to type in go pack, go, especially if they're not Packers fans. Uh-huh. So if they don't want to get, you know, well, um, so do you, was, want, do you want me to bleep that? What? The the password? Like, I mean, now it is out there publicly. People could come to your street and like sit on your Wi-Fi. I want you Wi-Fi. to bleep my street address, Aaron. <laughs> but bleeping, you know, the Wi-Fi password. I don't know. I don't know how security conscious you were. You I'm, know? Not, I'm not too worried about okay, people right. having the Wi-Fi password. We'll I mean, leave- if, it, if it starts tanking really bad and I look outside <laughs> and there's a train of people sitting in there, then yeah, then maybe we should go back and bleep it. But I think it'll be all right. Um, another one was to look inside somebody's refrigerator. I consider that rude. Yeah. That's another one that I'd be like, eh, that's not that bad. That was but surprising it is, I can to get, me that you I would be it. okay with that. I just, I'm an open book in a lot of ways. I don't, I mean, look around. I, it doesn't bother me. You know, it, does it bother you if somebody looks around for a cup to drink some water or something? No one has ever come to my home and just made themselves that comfortable. Yeah. No, unless, I get it. Unless I they're get a friend it. for a really long time, and then yes, that has happened. You know where they'll come in because they know they can make myself themselves comfortable, right? You know, but no, we talked about also, and not on the radio show, but we um, in the article it mentioned going into rooms without permission, looking in cabinets without permission. Yeah, that, yeah, I totally pretty much get any that. Snooping thing, and that's also guess, wearing shoes on carpet was mentioned. Putting feet on furniture. I guess I feel like opening up the refrigerator and any cabinets feels a little snoopish. Like, mm-hmm. what do you need to get in my refrigerator? Can I get some? I want to get it. For what if there's you. something? That, what if there's a food in there that I've never seen before? And like you know, like you could open up my horizons. Like, ooh, what's this? Well, let's hope that you have brought your portable tongue changing device with you. <laughs> you just snap it on, zap your tongue, and you just give it a go. Uh, just don't eat or drink out of the cans or items like what don't what are you talking about don't like open up something and then just eat out of it and put it back in the refrigerator right don't get into your leftovers yeah is that what you're saying Uh, don't double dip i won't i won't unless i ask like how long they've been there so if i'm asking like hey how long has this you know been in your refrigerator that means i want to i want to eat it If you're in my refrigerator snooping, I'm assuming you're looking for something. You're right. The more I get into this, the more I realize how how ridiculously rude that is. So well, I've you, learned something. You definitely chatted about it on air. Like <laughs> the entire world now knows. I am a growing, maturing person. I have the ability to shift and I will no longer look at your refrigerator. I have changed. I'm looking right now at a list of 102 Wi-Fi router names. <laughs> you want to finish with that? Uh, you may read all of them. Well, just read some of them that, that crack you up. 
Because those are some funny things. When people name their SSID, you know what they name it? The Promised Land. Nice. I like it. That was good. Um, Land Down Under. Nice. I kind of like that one. Land puns are good. Pretty Fly for a Wi-Fi. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 404. Nice. Not that was kind of funny. Yeah, not not found. found. Yeah. The Land Before Time. I was just about to say that one since we were doing- Really? Yeah, since we were doing land puns. Yeah. Why know you get Wi-Fi? <laughs> Uh, that's really fun dharma initiative nice that was a fun one what about what about like uh the preacher's wi-fi i want something like that do some wife puns tell my wi-fi lover (laughs) there you go i like that one tell my (laughs) wi-fi lover i can has wireless i like that one too i want to go back that one works on several levels tell my wi-fi lover like that's that's really good i like that (laughs) i like that one a lot I might change our SSID. Uh, ours is HughesNet. I know. Ours is Dicer Fam. <laughs> it's like, because our last name is Hughes. And our last name is Dicer. So, Is there a Dicer Net? No, it's Dicer Fam. I don't get it. Dicer Family? Dicer Fam? But see, ours is HughesNet, and there's a there's a net provider that's called HughesNet. Oh, yours actually is funny. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks so much for shooing the dough with us today. This podcast is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to Chris Tilly for composing the Shoe the Dough theme. And of course, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show's and others on the network possible. Support starts at a buck a month, comes with some pretty fun perks, including a Patreon-only podcast feed where you get all the bonus material right to your phone by subscribing. And every episode. And every episode of every podcast on the network as well. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Also, please subscribe, rate, and comment at your podcast player of choice, especially if it's iTunes. iTunes uses that information to promote the show and be a huge boost to us if you could leave a comment. Anything else you want to say or ideas for the show, feel free to email us at feedback at shoothedough.com. Patrons, get those perks. Uh. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.